lips and bones. That's all I need. I'm Kevin Leeson. Being trapped in a Sicilian catacomb, just as bad as it sounds, I'm Dr. Rob Tarswell. Unsurprisingly, the Oddfellows have some skeletons in their closet. I'm Joe Fulgham. Bones is another osseum topic. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. <laughs> The word origin of bone comes from Old English ban, meaning bone or tusk, Mm. and that comes from Proto-Germanic banum. Mm. There are actually no cognates outside of Germanic. So that means we don't have, we didn't have bones before German culture and language? We didn't use the word bone before Uh, that word came uh, in, for some reason, in Germanic. It was not based on something before. There were definitely no bones before the gravity-free era. Uh, yeah, that's right. The, the, yeah, I'm going to ride that thing. We often talk a lot about the Proto-Indo-European root of words, and the root for uh, meaning bone is actually os, which is oh. where we get osseous and... Ossify. Uh, ossify and, and all awesome. those kinds of and things. And buco. Yeah. Osobuco? Mm-hmm. What's osobuco? Oh, that's a, that's a shank. That's awesome. Oh. And actually shank is also what the Norse, Dutch, and German cognates mean, shank of the leg. And this is the main meaning in modern German, but English never seems to have had this sense. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> the shank. Yeah, I'll leg. shank you with my leg. I'm waiting for it. Shank you with my shank. And in anatomy, you will come across osteo, which is ancient Greek for bones, which was derived from bones of the earth, which are rocks. Oh. So, oh, so we're stones. Oh. Sort of, yeah. And oh, we do call the, it the calcifying. Stones, the stones of our body. The stones of our bones, nah. they, they, they rhyme. They rhyme, mm-hmm. not to be confused with kidney stones. Mm. The irrational fear of bones is cartilaginophobia. What? But the, but the, the cartilage is different uh, than bones. You, imagine having an irrational fear of your own bones. That's an irrational word for the irrational fear of mm-hmm. bones. Has anyone, yeah. has anyone ever read Oh Fuck Skeletons, the magazine for people being chased by skeletons? No. <laughs> It's not a thing. It's not. It's a, it's a Photoshop of okay. a magazine cover, but <laughs> it. it's pretty excellent. <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll put we'll put that image up on Caustic Soda Podcast. Why not? A bone is a rigid organ that constitutes part of the vertebral skeleton. Bones support and protect the various organs of the body, produce red and white blood cells, store minerals, and also enable mobility, because mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to walk when you don't have a skeleton holding the rest of you up, unless you're like a amoeboid blob, I guess. Mm-hmm. Bone tissue is a type of dense connective tissue. Uh, bone tissue or mineralized osseous tissue is what oh. it's also called, is of two types, cortical and cancellous, and gives it rigidity and a coral-like three-dimensional internal structure. Okay. Uh, I prefer cortical bones to cancellous bones because I don't want my bones to get cancellous. You don't want them to get canceled. Yeah. Bones? Yeah. Canceled. Yeah, that's it. Bo- well, I'm, I'm done with these. Bone cancel canceled. is a pretty bad disease. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're gonna talk about something that you. It's not called that, but now that you've brought it up, it should probably be called that. Bone mm-hmm. cancel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bones are organs. This is what you're telling me. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I, they're actually living organs. Bones in are your alive. Body. Yeah, and tasty. I have anybody uh, had bone marrow in uh, one of them fancy restaurants? Yes. No. Tasty as shit. Is it's it? awesome. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Hmm. It makes blood. Very buttery, buttery and, and soft and melts in your mouth. Mm. High fat, high fat content. Very high girl. fat, mm-hmm. very high fat. That's why it's so good. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> in the human body at birth, there are over 270 bones, but many of these fuse together during development, leaving a total of 206 separate bones in the adult, not oh. counting numerous small sesamoid bones. Sesamoid. Mm, now, I love sesamoid is? seeds. <laughs> I like them on my, on my Kaiser bones. I thought you were going to say they fuse together to create one bone. 
270 bones that become... There are diseases where that happens. Oh, no! Oh, you peg man. Kevin, what do you think a sesamoid bone is? Oh, yeah, it's the kind of bone that you get in your Kaiser bun. (laughs) Uh, A sesamoid bone is actually a bone that's embedded within a tendon or a muscle, so it's actually not Hmm. directly connected to the rest of the skeletal structure. Why didn't you ask me? Because you're a doctor and you know that stuff. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Is this like your your ear bones, the bones in your ear? Are those sesamoids? Well, the more classic sesamoids would be things like your kneecaps or your patella. Patella. Ah, yes. That are kind of floating without the support of tendons and whatnot. Everyone now listening to the podcast, grab your patella and wiggle it back and forth. Oh, yeah, wiggle it back. But the, the more <laughs> um, uh, classically considered sesamoid bones are typically what, what we call accessory bones or extra bones that can be found in your feet around the... The uh, metatarsals? No, they, they can be near the metatarsals. Yeah, uh-huh. you can definitely yeah. have metatarsal accessory ossicles Ooh. and navicular accessory ossicles or oh, os navicular. Yeah. I like uh, having <laughs> ossicles in the summertime because they keep me cool. Oh, yeah, Pull them out of the freezer and just lick them till they're gone. I prefer gone. fudgicles, but ossicles are But just right. think yeah. of them as like little kneecaps for your toes. Little mm-hmm. little kneecaps for your toes. Toe caps. Okay. <laughs> Got All it. Right. There's an x-ray of one right there. That's a nice medial sesamoid. Medial sesamoid. Pop quiz time. Oh, yeah. All let's, right. let's do let me, it. Let me get this out so you guys can't see the pop quiz. What is the smallest bone in the human body, and what is the largest bone in the human body? It depends on the dude, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes it's south of the equator, it's and sometimes small. it's not. I want to say, is it the, it's either, uh, I'm going to say it's either the hammer, the anvil, or the stirrup, and I'm going to say, I don't know, I'll say anvil, whatever the scientific name for that okay, is. Okay, so that's your guess for the smallest, I'm guessing, since you're talking about the bones in the ear. Yeah! Yeah. Uh, Okay, how about the largest? Oh, the, it's got to be the femur. It's a femur. It's got to be Kevin's head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty that huge. sounds all right. It contains, uh, you know, a lot of gray matter. Very important. Guys himself to we sleep call him Killer Tweety pool. behind his back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so femur is certainly correct. The femur is the largest and strongest bone in the human body. It extends from the hip to the knee and can resist a force of up to 1,800 to 2,500 pounds. That's why it makes such a good club. I was about to say, that's yeah. what we learned in 2000. If Hollywood has taught me anything, 2001 Space Odyssey... You can rule the planet with yeah. a femur bone. The perfect club <laughs> bone. Right. You could tow a Volvo behind a truck with your femur. Yeah. I look forward to that day. And as we discussed in our hearing episode, the smallest bone in the human body is the stirrup bone. Oh, so close. The stapes, so close. one of the three bones that make up your middle ear, measuring just two to three millimeters long. Oh, what? what animal has the biggest bone that currently lives, currently living animal? Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, and, and how big is it? I, I was at yesterday... Just yesterday, yeah. I was at the Museum of Biodiversity at uh-huh. the University of British Columbia. Uh, How was that? I've heard good things. Uh, I saw a skeleton of a blue whale, yeah. and the sign out in front of the blue whale skeleton <laughs> said, the lower jawbone oh, of the man. blue whale is the largest bone of any animal on Earth. Yeah, Kevin. That One, happened to me just yesterday. 100% correct, Kevin. Yeah, uh-huh. Kevin. Well done. It's your birthday. Go, uh-huh. Kevin. Uh-huh. Go, Kevin. Mark the calendars. Uh, a blue whale jawbone comes in at about 2.3 meters or 7.6 feet long. Greg Bull called in. We'll hang up on him now. <laughs> uh, Greg did help me with a, a couple of things on this show. Uh, Mr. Dr. Greg, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what animal has the biggest bone ever found? So this includes extinct animals. And how big was that? Oh. Like what, basically, what is the, long, the biggest bone we've ever found out of any animal living or dead? But the blue whale mm-hmm. has always been the largest animal on the planet earth mm. in my experience so, my so, you, experience. so you're going with the jawbone so you think it's but why would he ask that question again i am <laughs> clever it could be weird. a trick that uh-huh. seems weird what if it's your old friend the blue the blue ethereum 
Uh, wasn't a brontosaurus bigger than the blue catherium? Oh yeah, maybe the brontosaurus is back. By the way, mm-hmm. he's back. Yeah. Yep. In Jurassic he was out for World. six years, but he's back. Uh, oh. uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, now because the tailbone is is articulated, so they're like a yeah. bunch of little bones. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, gonna, like a... I'm gonna go with a brontosaurus th- femur. Okay, hmm? any other guesses, Torn? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> any guesses, Doctor Rob? <laughs> you know, um, zo- a zoologist, I'm not. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I'm going to give Kevin half a point for this because the answer is actually a, long, a long-necked a long titanosaur found in Argentina had a femur length of 2.4 meters. Dinosaur femur, I was in the neighborhood. Bam. Yep. I am ruling the roost in the bone pop quiz. <laughs> Kevin, On fire. I'm boneheaded. And a circumference of 1.1 meters. So like, Oh, that's big around. One, one meter around, yeah. Wow. It's huggable. All mammals, except for humans, horses, donkeys, rhinoceros, marsupials, rabbits, cetaceans, elephants, and hyenas, stoats, goats, have lambs. a baculum. Oh, a baculum. Which is a penis bone. Okay. This is what they use to extend their penis to right. Right. Got it. Right. How uh, long? What, what, uh, uh, is that why he's named Scott Baculum? Yes. He's got a giant penis? Yeah. He's got a penis, a he's penis got, bone? He's has the, has, the one human? He has a vestigial bone. Has, okay. is... <laughs> <laughs> Scott Baculum is hung like a this animal, oh, which the, has the longest penis bone ever found. What ooh, is it? Not elephants? Did you say it was elephants in the not list? Uh, elephants do not have a baculum. Mm, Neither okay. do hyenas, cetaceans, rabbits, marsupials, rhinoceros, donkeys, horses, and humans. Is this uh, is this living or dead? Or is this only like animals that exist this is, now? Uh, I, I will tell you it's from something that lives now. That yeah, lives now, I, okay. I, uh, oh, uh, it's old, but the, the, these things still do live, yeah. They still exist. So it's possibly an older, bigger version of this thing. Largest So the baculum. largest penis bone, the largest baculum ever found. I'm going to uh, say it's from Count Baculum. <laughs> the vampire. Count Baculum versus Scott Baculum, who wins? Well, one's immortal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's, uh, you know. But one can travel through time. Oh, that's true. Or huge dimensions, anyway. That's the power you have when you have a huge baculum. Uh Uh, Time travel. Yeah. The largest baculum of all time. Sadly, humans have all lost it. Did you say say giraffes is on the no list? Uh, There's there's too many creatures on the no list. I can't keep track of them. I'm going to go with... Giraffe is not on the list. Okay, I'm saying guy raff. I'm going to go with Nile Crocodile. (laughs) You're so dumb. It's a decent guess. Uh, (laughs) Blue whale? (laughs) From... uh, No citations, no citations. Oh, it's actually an extinct species of walrus oh. that had a baculum that was 1.2 meters or four feet long. It's uh, wow. over 12,000 years old, that species of walrus, though. And I have a picture right there for of you the to take baculum. a look at of the baculum. Wow. There's a guy right oh. there I wish showing I off was a 1.2 meter baculum. Which species of animals holds the title for smallest vertebrate? Smallest vertebrate. Right. Uh, what species? It's gotta yes. be. It's gotta be some kind of a mouse. Oh. And this is currently living. It's gotta be some okay. kind of a mouse, a rodent of some kind. In fact, uh, it was only discovered in August of two thousand and nine because it was so and, small we couldn't yeah. see it yeah. exactly, and only formally described in January of twenty twelve. Uh, whoa! Now I really don't know. So reptiles are vertebrates, birds are vertebrates, amphibians are vertebrates. I'm gonna go with an angel dancing on the head of a needle. <laughs> Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent choice. Yeah. As we all know, angels have exoskeletons. <laughs> oh, they're chitinous exoskeletons. Um, yeah, I'll go with some kind of a tiny mouse. It is actually a species of frog from Papua New Guinea. Oh. Pedrophrine amoensis. 
It's a species of frog discovered in Papua New Guinea in August of 2009, and it is 7.7 millimeters in length, or Ooh. 0.3 inches, and that is the smallest known vertebrate. Oh, okay. That's small. It's called the micro frog. Mm, if you lick him, do you mm. get high? Well, nano frog. Nano so frog. its vertebral bodies are going to be smaller mm-hmm. than our stirrups. Ooh. Yeah, think about that. Ooh, how many of those frogs can I fit in my ear? Mm, all of them, probably all of them. <laughs> They're probably going extinct like everything else. <laughs> How many could you just pop in your mouth in a handful is really the question. There's <laughs> not much bone in there. Crunchy. Okay, this should be an easy one. Who holds the world record for the most broken bones? And... Here's the harder part. How many bone fractures have they suffered? Well, oh. it's Evil Knievel for yeah, sure. I think Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. How uh, many? How many bone <laughs> fractures has Evil Knievel suffered by the end of 1975? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when he retired? There's a caveat. Well, he was seriously injured in the winter of 1976 when he tried a televised attempt to jump a tank full of sharks at the Chicago Amphitheater. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. Uh, and for the first time, a bystander was also injured when a cameraman was struck and lost an eye. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. That, and that was when he uh, retired. Right. But uh, as of 1975, he had how many bone fractures? Uh, how many bones do we have again? 207? 200... 270. 270. Well, 206. No, we're born with 270. Oh. But we, they, they fused yeah. down to like 207. Six. 206. 206. 206. All right. All right. So he's got 206 bones. Uh, you can break a bone more than once. That's true. I'm going to go with 300 fractures. I'm gonna, so I'm going to go with... 2,000. 2,000, okay. <laughs> I thought it was just sort of in the 110 neighborhood. Okay, so that's your guess? 433 bone oh, fractures. Oh, I was so close! <laughs> Holy that was pretty good. 300 was like pretty freaking close. Are these x-ray verified, or is this just evil can evil, like, just yakking? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Part of his PR machine. This is the 1970s, right. where, and it certainly helped his career for saying that he had broken every bone in his body at least once. So, yeah, it's going to be a little difficult to get some of it. Oh, However, he surely went to the stirrup. doctor a lot. He surely like, did, yeah. But I can, I, you know, I think Super Dave Osborne probably both. <laughs> I want to thank Dave Egan for Thanks, helping Dave. me out with uh, with this uh, pop quiz. Nice. And he's got it to the nearest whatever. I'm not even going to give you that. Oh, How many crazy. remains does the Catacombs of Paris, the world's largest grave, hold? Oh, how many? Oh, how how many basically, remains? how many dead how many people? Bodies? How many bodies? Yeah. Well, I saw the catacomb in. Uh, Vienna. Did you count them? I didn't. But Why this not? was the, the, he would the the guide would uh, at the beginning of the tour. He said uh, he said, "Oh, how many people would like the tour in English?" And I was like the only person who raised my yeah. hand. And then he would go into a room and he would talk for like ten minutes in German. Yes. And then he would give me one sentence in English, and then he'd go, "Oh, now into the next room." Yeah. And I'd be like, "No, wait, hold on." I heard you talking. I heard years and whatever. I know what Yara means. You didn't give me any dates or years. He said, and he was like, he was sigh, and then still give me like another thirty seconds, and we'd move on. And be like, and he uh, said, you're when we do it with more intensity. Yeah. So, Are you sure that's all he's saying? <laughs> I am sure that he gave the exact number of people in the Vienna catacomb, but I didn't hear it. When I, I started this tour, there were three thousand dead bodies. When I end the tour, there will be three thousand and one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah, yeah. The tour guide. I'll bury his ass. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I paid like five euros for that thing. Killer, I'm going to say... Killer Tweety. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to say... The world's largest grave. I will note, the bones grave. are on display. All the skulls stacked neatly. Femurs yep. used as decorations. Deformed mm-hmm. skeletons on display. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more than a thousand. Oh, I, I'm thinking it's like 20,000. No, that's too many. Mm-hmm. I'll say 10,000 then. Oh, 10,000? 10, <laughs> no, I said it's got to be more than 1,000. 
Ten thousand is more than a thousand. Stand by. All right. I got locked in a catacomb once. Oh, what? Tell me about really? that before we answer this question. When I was well, you uh, are kind of skeletal looking. Kind of skeletal looking. Yeah. When I was in the Air Force and we were in Sicily um, as part of a NATO mission in uh, 1994, uh, we went one day uh, on a tour to a catacomb, uh-huh. and the um, you know there's pretty strong labor legislation in in Italy. So when it's lunchtime, it's lunchtime. Yeah, and yeah. so they just boot mm-hmm. everybody out of the catacomb and go for lunch, unless they've miscounted. Right. Oh. And some guy's way down and just kind of looking around, doing his own thing, and doesn't <laughs> understand the announcement in Italian that it's lunchtime and the catacomb is closing for an hour and a half. Yeah, nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> you, would, you don't think it was... You don't <laughs> do think they, do they was... also turn out all the lights, I hope? <laughs> <laughs> you hear the, just the bones clacking against yeah. each other. Yeah. Well, you yeah, you hear that... Of the lights going out, and then it's quiet, and then you hear. (laughs) 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 No, are you sure it just wasn't an elaborate, a practical joke? I mean, you were in So Silly after all. Oh, yeah, So so Silly. Well, if it was an elaborate, practical joke, it lasted exactly 90 minutes (laughs) with the length of his lunch break. Those guys, so silly. And then he comes back and... Is, is he apologetic? No, no. What are you doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for you. <laughs> so you had an hour and a half to count. How many, uh, how many well, bodies were in that catacomb? It was in the dark. I... <laughs> uh, well, what's your guess for Paris catacomb? Well, I wasn't in the Paris catacomb. I was in a catacomb in Sicily. I know, but Paris catacomb. what is your guess, what's your guess for the Paris catacomb? Oh, how many bodies? I think it's around 30,000, isn't it? It's gigantic. As a matter of fact, when Dave made this, he allowed you guys to get as close as the nearest million. Oh, God. There are six million remains in the catacombs of Paris. Wow. We were off. We were off by a long shot. My initial, yeah. when you started talking about it, the first thing that popped to my mind was like 150,000. So it even then like, I was way off. It must be like reproducing down there. <laughs> oh, is that possible? We'll, we'll, we'll learn about that. So you're baby. thinking, you think that the bones are boning. I do. I do okay. think. With bacula. With their baculums. Uh-huh. Put your baculum into it. <laughs> that's, that's what they're saying. Oh, nice. How does the hairy frog use its bones as a defense. Oh, it, oh, I think I might know this. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go first then. Yeah, you All go right. first. It's like a cricket. It like rubs them together and it makes like a roaring sound or something. Like uh, he's a bigger animal. Like he's, you're going up against a lion or a mongoose. I am flaming out on the animal questions today. Just flaming out hard. I think that he breaks them, making a horrible sound that scares the predators away? You're so close. He does break them. It's also called the wolverine frog or the horror frog. Snicked. Horror frog? It actually doesn't have claws on it like most animals would that would be made out of keratin. Right. It breaks the tip of its bones at the end of its fingers off, forces them out through its skin to make claws. Oh, what? God! Yeah. Nice. Researchers also found a small bony nodule nestled in the tissue just beyond the frog's fingertip. When sheathed, each claw is anchored to the nodule with tough strands of collagen, but when the frog is grabbed or attacked, the frog breaks the nodule connection and forces its sharpened bones through the skin. This is probably a defense behavior, although a retraction mechanism is not known. Uh, it has been hypothesized that the claws later retract passively when the damaged tissue is regenerated. Huh. So it's got one-shot wow. pop-out, oh crap, claws that aren't claws but actually bones. Oh, right. snap. <sighs> How big are these frogs? Six feet tall. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> No! I, I, uh, 11 centimeters long. All right, so it's about three inches. That's 1.1 decimeters. 
It's got a real "don't mess with me" kind of look on its face. Yeah, it's, it's a very the, grumpy looking. It's got frog. The, and it's got the weird uh, hair sticking, in, like the hairy looking stuff uh, mm-hmm. sticking out. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about the uh, layered structure of bones because you see the outside of a bone; it's just like this hard white yep, right, thing. Yep, mm-hmm. That's the cortical bone. That's the hard outer layer of bones uh, composed of cortical bone, also called compact bone. That's, that's the skin of the bone. No, the periosteum is the skin of the bone. Oh. The hard outer layer gives bone its smooth, white, and solid appearance and accounts for 80% of the total bone mass in an adult skeleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got the cancellous bone. Filling the interior of the bone is the cancellous bone, also known as the trabecular or spongy bone tissue. The oh, the bone. Alex trabecular? Alex Quite right. trabecular right. Mm-hmm. versus it, it, Scott baculum. That, 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 <laughs> the inside of your bone, you can only get access to in the form of a question. That's right. <laughs> it is an open cell porous network, yep. thin formations of osteoblasts, <laughs> Covered in endosteum. Endosteum, mm-hmm. yeah. Create an irregular network of spaces. Within these spaces are bone marrow and... Hematopoietic stem cells. Thank you. <laughs> that give rise to platelets, red blood cells, and white blood cells. Then in that... So that's the little factory of your blood cells. Yeah, that's the part that, you know, when you that look is. at a bone, uh, is just kind of this kind of webby, spongy uh, thing. And then inside mm-hmm. that, you'll have the bone marrow, which is either red or yellow. Uh-huh. At birth, all bone marrow is red. And the red is where the red blood cells, platelets, and most white blood cells arise. Mm -hmm. Uh, With age, however, more and more of your marrow is converted to a yellow fatty marrow type. Mm. Uh, Only around half of adult bone marrow now is red. Once you're fully grown. So it never it never goes completely yellow. Well, if it does, in certain disease entities, oh. it does, and you stop making blood cells and you die. Yeah. Okay. Mm, got it. In cases of severe blood loss, the body can convert yellow marrow back to red marrow to <laughs> increase blood cell production. But the yellow marrow is the tasty marrow. That is the fatty tasty yeah. marrow. Yeah, that's fatty true. We do, like, we do like fat. Uh-huh. So I wanted to get the evolution of bones. Why do we have bones as animals? We were all these blobby things that had something kind of like bones. So I asked uh, our resident expert, Mr. Dr. Greg Bowl, if he could give me a little write-up on that. Mm. And this is what I've got. Oh, sure. It's some evolution thing. Yeah. (laughs) He says, we know about the evolution of bones from fossils, comparison of modern animals with either bone or cartilage skeletons, and the growing knowledge of gene networks. They started out as hardened, mineralized cells for protection and eating and evolved into the internal support system for all vertebrates, including fish, amphibians, reptiles, birds, and mammals. Mm -hmm. We used to only know about the evolution of bones from fossils, but molecular evidence of genes and proteins is giving us even more insight into their origins. Mm -hmm. Based on the fossil remains of ancient animals, we know bones first evolved in fish-like ancestors of all vertebrates. The earliest just had a flexible rod in the back called the notochord. Mm, yes, the notochord. Or the notochord. Make a noto of that. Yes. Then some fish evolved cartilage skeletons, some of which later became mineralized into harder bones. Right. Following the violent movement of tectonic plates 1.5 billion years ago, high amounts of minerals, including calcium carbonate, were available in the ocean. This increased the pace of invertebrate animal evolution, eventually leading to many animals evolving hard outer shells or exoskeletons like clams uh, and crabs. Uh, as recently as 500,000 years ago during the Big Bang of animals, animal life called the Cambrian Explosion. Mm-hmm. But they were limited in size and surface sensory organs. Evolution of an internal skeleton proved to be a major adaptive advantage, leading to stronger muscles, greater motility, and an environment-sensitive skin. Right? Because okay. you can only build a crustacean so big. Yeah. Right? It's just going to collapse on itself. But the, the internal skeleton holding things up was much better at creating larger animals. Speaking right. of notochord, we yeah. have a notochord at a certain phase of embryological development. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Mm. I thought it was just a fashion statement. No two cords. No two no, 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 no cords. So, uh, and then what happens? Is we, does the fetus eat it? 
it uh, gradually oh, it turns into your spinal cord. Well, or? it it actually turns into the intervertebral discs between oh, your right. vertebral bodies. Okay. okay, right. Those things that I can slip later on in life. They don't actually slip, but that's the lore. They yeah, say the, that they slip. The thing that is said to slip. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> The first hardened mineralized structures were tooth-like and either used as protective armor plating or in the throats of jawless, eel-like creatures. Right. If they were projecting bump-like cells in the skin, all that was needed was to add minerals like calcium phosphate, which is more chemically stable than calcium carbonate, especially mm. under acidic conditions. So basically, once you've got the animal creating these kind of sort of bone-like things, mm. once calcium phosphate can show up and bind to it, it can turn it into the more mineralized bone structure that we're used to. Right. So yeah, steps all the way. Acromegaly. Okay. Acromegaly is a hormonal disorder that develops when the pituitary gland produces too much growth hormone during adulthood. Okay. When this happens, bones increase in size, including those of the hands, feet, and face. Well, you'd hope so. It'd be kind of funny if every other bone uh, changed size except for your hands, feet, and face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. Acromegaly usually affects middle-aged adults. In children who are still growing, too much growth hormone can cause a condition called gigantism. Right. These children have exaggerated bone growth and ab an abnormal increase in height. One of the most common signs of, signs of acromegaly is enlarged hands and feet. People with this disorder often notice they can no longer put on rings that used to fit and that their shoe size has progressively increased. Hmm. Acromegaly may also cause gradual changes in the shape of the face, such as a protruding lower jaw and brow, right. an enlarged nose, thickened lips, and wider spacing between your teeth. Oh, yeah, I've seen guys with that. Yeah, I'm thinking of that episode of Star Trek with that big guy with the shoulder pads mm -hmm. in the un underground caves. I think I did. It was a he robot. Was, he was the robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm all, I, I almost, was that, was that maybe Richard Keel? Because it sure looks like Richard Keel. Oh, he's, was he also Jaws? In, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it is, then Richard Keel does have acromegaly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Acromegaly may produce several signs and symptoms, including enlarged hands and feet, coarsened and large facial features, coarse, oily, thickened skin. Oh, oily, thickened skin. Enlarged mm. liver, heart, kidneys, spleen, and other organs, and increased chest size. Barrel chest. Barrel chest. Got it. Mm -hmm. Some famous people with acromegaly include Andre the Giant, oh, Richard Joss from James Bond Keel, mm -hmm. and motivational speaker, Anthony Robbins. I'm not so sure about that last one. He does have the face shape. Wikipedia yeah, is not I mean, always 100% accurate. There's probably, I hope it's the, true. There's probably degrees. Yeah, of it, that's you fair know, enough. You can have a very mild case. Oh, he got micro acromegaly. <laughs> Because he's held it back with the power of positive thinking yeah. and firewalking. There you I go. Think so. I think there so. you go. I'm going to make six feet tall. Power of positive thinking. You can do it. Mm -hmm. Put some acromegaly Even on Even if it. it's just skull growth, I'll get there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll just bonk you in the head with this mallet. And then you get the... <laughs> yeah. The problem is you keep smashing him down. Measure me now. Measure me now. <laughs> Fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva. This is terrible. This is... Pop. Or FOP, sometimes referred to as stone man syndrome, mm. okay. is an extremely rare disease of the connective tissue. In which you start to look like a gargoyle. You become a gargoyle. Yeah, you become a gargoyle. All right. A mutation of the body's repair mechanism causes fibrous tissue, including muscle, tendon, and ligament, to be ossified spontaneously or when damaged. Okay. So ossified means that, that calcium phosphate that sticks to it and turns into a mineral hard bone. Yes. That's, that's ossified. Do your tendons and ligaments? Yes. So you can't bend your arms or legs anymore. Correct. You turn oh. to stone. 
In many cases, injuries can cause joints to become permanently frozen in place. Mm. Surgical removal of the extra bone growths have been shown to cause the body to repair the affected area with more bone. Oh, Oh. right. This is like cutting out. We need more bone. (laughs) This is like uh, cutting off the hydra's head, right? Yeah. Two come back. Yeah. Cut out out one bone, two more grow in its place. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah. Because you you know that that operation is going to be more traumatic to the tissue around it, which is going to cause more bone. Oh. Mm. Children born with FOP have deformed big toes, possibly missing a joint, or simply presenting with a notable lump at the minor joint. The first flare-up that leads to the formation of FOP bones usually occurs before the age of 10. Oh, so this always happens to little kids? Yeah. No. Well, it can, it can happen later, usually, yeah. Mm. Uh, a child with FOP will typically develop bones starting at the neck, then on to the shoulders, arms, chest area, and finally onto the feet. This huh. actually progresses uh, as bones grow in, in a fetus. Right, so you just get, like get stiffer and stiffer from like the neck down. Yep, there mm-hmm. is no known cure for FOP. What? Attempts to surgically remove the bone, as noted, result in more robust bone growth. Yeah, mm, you're robustiest. Uh huh. The best known case uh, of FOP is that of Harry Eastlack from 1933 to 1973. His condition began to develop at the age of 10, and by the time of his death from pneumonia in November of 1973, six days before his 40th birthday, his body had completely ossified, wow. leaving him able to move only his lips. How can you... Oh. What? You're breathing and thinking with your brain yeah. and all that well, kind hold, of stuff? Hold on a Not second. Your hold, entire body. Wait one second. So... So he is immobilized because all of his tendons and musculature has all turned to bone. He can right. still kiss, though. He can kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess if you know you're going to ossify, you can feel yourself ossifying, could you, like, you know, could you, like, put yourself in a certain position so at least you get locked <laughs> into a seated position instead oh, yeah. of being all, like, stiff? Oh, I thought you were going to, like, flip the bird. Oh, well, I could have gone the crude bird, method. Bird lock. But I was just thinking about, like, at least then you could be in a, if you if you ossified in a seated position, you could be in a wheelchair or something like that. But yeah. if you were, like, ossified while you were in bed, hmm. you'd be like a you playing card. Man. You'd be yeah. like, you know, people would have to. You'd be the world's best planker. Oh, you could, if maybe if you ossified with your hands over your head, you could be, you could travel by cartwheeling. Oh, that's right. Right. Listen, like a Vitruvian man. You are, yeah, you are like, missing out. You are missing out on the on the potential for joining somebody in some fun that you normally couldn't do. If you ossified yourself in a straight plank and also gave yourself some kind of breathing apparatus, you could be a surfboard for somebody. Oh. They could take you out onto the surf. Oh, imagine the sexual possibilities. You could be like one giant collection of dildos. Baby, I don't ever get soft. Yeah. I, I am a boner for you. I am baculum. Yeah. And my lips work too. Oh, yeah, lips did work. Lips did work. That's true. Lips did work. Shortly before Eastlack's death, he made it known that he wanted to donate his body to science in the hope that in death he would be able to find help find a cure for this little understood and particularly cruel disease. Right. Mm. Pursuant to his wishes, his preserved skeleton is now kept at the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia, which oh, man, we've we mentioned before. Do we have a picture uh, of yeah, his preserved right there, skeleton? I, mean, I think, I don't know if that's him or not. Uh, but that is a, here are a couple of, there's somebody uh, who has yeah. FOP, and you can just see That's that- That's pretty crazy. Oh, that is pretty crazy. All of this has become bony and- He's looking like, he, this, this skeleton looks like it's wearing a kind of ragged clothing. Yeah, like it's got a-, a, like, a like, like, a, like a tattered jacket on. Tattered leather bone jacket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's all bone. And then this one, you can see the- On the, well, the arms too, right? Like yeah. it's all just like in the joints and what, that is crazy. Go to CausticSodaPodcast.com and check this out. This is like, out. what's that What's that mutant from the X-Men? 
the guy that can, oh, that one. That, uh, can make, uh, that can shoot like bones out no. of his, his maybe his name's Marrow or something like that. I think his Mero. name is Marrow. That's what yeah. you're right. Yeah. He shoots bones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's like just bones come out of his body and he throws them at you. Yeah. I think this is this is like the better version of that disease. Mm-hmm. She actually. Meloreostosis is a medical developmental disorder. I mean, but it, it makes you calm because mellow. In which the bony cortex widens and becomes hyperdense. Hyperdense. Oh, so Chewy, activate hyperdense. This is uh, a situation where you can become a superhero because you can't break your bones, right? Like uh, basically, you could become the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Yeah, maybe the greatest. You- and you can tell on the X-ray, you can see the bumps. Those are are very bright white, whereas the um, the more normal looking bone underneath is Grayish. you see thin white lines at the right. edges. That's okay. the, that's normal cortex. Oh, okay. So, so this X-ray is actually showing that this is super dense here. And yeah. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. The condition begins in childhood and is characterized by thickening of the bones. Pain is a frequent symptom, and the bone can have the appearance of dripping candle wax. Oh. Unlike mm. acromegaly, acromegaly, there are no reported cases of involvement of skull or facial bones, and melareostosis typically involves only one limb. Oh, okay. So you just yeah. get one super thick limb. You're gonna be uh, Popeye. You got a Popeye situation. Now we know had Miller Oh, you think that that those forearms are not muscle? They're just a big hunk of overgrown bone. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, at one point, it's not normal. His forearms are forearms. That is true. There's also osteogenesis imperfecta, which is known as brittle bone disease. Okay. Oh, Glassman from exactly from from Unbreakable. It's a congenital disease where people's bones are prone to fracture. This is due to a defect in their connective tissue and collagen or a complete inability to make it. And there's no cure for OI. Treatment is aimed at increasing overall bone strength to prevent fracture and maintain mobility. It occurs in about one per 20,000 live births. Like that's that seems like a lot. Like we live mm-hmm. in Vancouver. has got how many? We got two or three million people yeah. in yeah. Vancouver. Lower mainland. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so like a, a bunch of people. Mr. Glasses. Or Mrs. Glasses. Or Ms. 100 people. Or Dr. Glass. Uh, 150 people. Or Professor Glass. Or Professor Glass, yeah. I wouldn't like it if my bones easily broke. I would have broken a lot of bones. I've fallen. I fall a lot. (laughs) Did you? A lot. Bumping your head. How many? I have never actually. Has anybody. Let's take a break and talk about this. I've never broken a bone. I don't know. I've just been lucky, I guess. I've probably broken a bone in my toe or something when I. Stabbed it, not stumped it, stubbed, stubbed. <laughs> when I stumped, when I stumped, and then stabbed it, and then stumped it. <laughs> I uh, I broke uh, my wrist. Yeah, broke my wrist falling off a roof. Oh, a roof. Yeah, I was uh, I was painting. I was a student painter over the summer. Oh, nice. And with two days left before I was set to go back to university, I fell off a roof and broke my wrist. So I got I got uh, workers comp for two days. No. And then I had to go back to school with and a broken wrist. With a with a broken right wrist, and I'm right-handed. Nice. So all my notes from the first two months of that year, pretty illegible. Okay. Because <laughs> I was writing with my left hand. It was funny. I found it easier instead of trying to hold it like I would hold it in my right hand. Uh, I would actually like weave the pencil yeah. in between my fingers and kind of like write horizontally. <laughs> and for some reason, that was I could. Do make letters better that way, hmm. like holding my 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 hand like a knife hand and like weaving the pencil in between it. I could write better that way than I could trying to like pinch it between my thumb and forefinger. Knife hand, yeah. Mm-hmm. And were you fighting crime by night? No, but I could. Knife I hand? was like, I was always prepared for a karate chop. Yes, yeah. A pointed karate chop mm-hmm. with a pencil in it. Ooh, weapon karate chop. <laughs> 
Weaponized. I, I have the saddest bone break story ever. Um, oh, is this the? Is it? Is it? Was it? Is it your stirrup? Was no. it your baculum? No, no, not no. sad in the way of genuine tragedy. In the way of more in the way of pathetic. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. In, in um, yeah. Uh, in grade eight, I hadn't yet been blessed with um, what shall we call it flexibility or coordination. Oh, okay. uh-huh. yeah, yeah. As sometimes befalls. Uh, Young, young nerds. Men, young nerds, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we were doing gymnastics in gym class, and I somehow failed to achieve a forward roll. I stopped. Like a, like a somersault? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know. That's right. Like just tuck you your know, head and roll? Tuck your head and <laughs> yeah. roll over. Okay. Yes. Forward roll. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and so I sort of stopped in mid forward roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> my leg shot straight up in the air and I fell sideways. Okay. Landing on the side of my foot and. Um, broke your foot? Broke my foot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't there, but this became kind of legendary in our little nerd clique <laughs> that Rob broke his foot. Doing a forward roll. Doing a forward roll. Uh-huh. Kids, yeah. don't worry about how embarrassed you are in school, man. Everybody has it, and you grow up to be a fucking doctor. Like, it can't possibly be any worse than Dr. Rob, and look what happened to him. He's on caustic soda. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better. And, and flies. <laughs> is, it, is that better? Well, come on. Dr. Rob is almost the Canadian buckaroo bonsai. Mm-hmm. Like, you have applied to be an astronaut, you race cars, you fly planes, you've produced a movie. True. Like True. And, do you, oh, and, and you play guitar. I know that you play bass. True. Mm. So, do, are you playing with anybody right now? Do you and Andy jam at all? No, not in a couple oh. of years. Okay. Uh, but so he, broke not his quite. Foot, he broke his foot somersaulting, so all that other stuff is erased. It's all, we can all dismiss it. That happened at the start. That was that was the start to the whole thing. He's like, right. man, if and my life is this we fragile. Never, we the, never have to get past that. The best part was I had a minor role in the school play, and uh-huh. I was stumping around on stage in my walker <laughs> cast. <laughs> nice. Inspector Lestrade, ah, Sherlock Holmes. Got it. <laughs> step, thump, step, thump, step, thump. They should have recast you as like the victim. Well, it was two days before opening, so well, there was no it. recasting. Got it. Oh. Well, there's just casting, but no recasting. No understudy. <laughs> oh, I get it. So when we talked about the cancellous tissue and you said that the bones were canceled. That's what this is, basically. It's called um, Gorham's disease. Gorham's. Oh, so what does it have Gorham's. to do with a ring that unites us all. Gorham's disease? Oh. oh. Gorham's disease is also known as Gorham vanishing bone disease. Ooh. And phantom bone disease is a very rare skeletal condition of unknown cause. Character- and it was invented by uh, Penn and Teller. It's one of the tricks in their Vegas show. That's right. And now... <laughs> the vanishing bone disease. And now your bones are gone. Yeah, that's oh, right. Everyone oh, in the oh. audience... Uh, your bones have disappeared. Hey guys, Whoa. don't stand up. Yeah. Don't try to stand up. <laughs> Nothing up my sleeve. <laughs> Characterized by the uncontrolled proliferation of distended, thin-walled vascular or lymphatic channels within bone, uh-huh. which leads to resorption and replacement of bone with angiomas and/or fibrosis. Resorption. Resorption means it's reabsorption. Reabsorbing. Okay. So your bones are constantly being uh, absorbed and replaced. I think it takes about seven to nine years mm-hmm, or so mm-hmm. for your bone to mm-hmm. be basically completely uh, new. But that's in a normal person. In a normal person. Okay. All right. In a person with uh, Gorham's disease, the resorption kicks up a notch and the replacement is instead of with bone, it's with angiomas uh, or fibrosis. So angiomas are little bundles of random blood vessels. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and fibrosis is basically the creation of fiber. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So instead so, of bones, you got fibers scar. and yeah, so, just right. scar tissue in, and random of, blood vessels. Okay. Instead okay. of bones, you've got nice. all brain. Well, you have bones. You wouldn't want to eat it. Mm-hmm. You have bones, and normally your bone would be getting absorbed and being regrown at the exact same length, and you'd keep your bones, and they would stay there. Right. Something goes wrong, and your bone is getting absorbed slightly faster, and what's getting replaced there is not bone. Okay. So eventually, you just don't have bones in where this is happening. Okay. Uh, it may affect any part of the skeleton, but most commonly infect, involves the skull, shoulder, mm. and pelvis. Ooh. Oh, I need those things. Yeah. Ooh. Bone mass and strength no are obtained pelvis. and maintained through a process of no bone structure replacement. Why did you go straight to no pelvis? No <laughs> skull. Well, what do you use it for, really? Just wear a helmet. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> duh. I don't. I don't want my brain to like slip down into but my. But if throat. you have no pelvis, then you're just. <laughs> You can get a fake pelvis. It's hard to get a fake skull. No, it's not. You're a liar. What? <laughs> what? He, he didn't have a comeback, That's folks. It's a bold episode, uh, accusation. Make so it's not your fault you're a liar. You, mm. you, you, your skull is kind of caving in and pushing on the honest parts of your brain. <laughs> we have an x-ray here of somebody with Gorm's disease, and it's uh, working away at the back of their skull. Ah, oh, that's a thin, that's a thin skull. Uh. Hey, Dr. Rob. Yes. Is it true that yes. ev- that every seven years, there's no part of your original body from seven years ago? Everything's been regenerated? Like, you don't have any of the same cells or anything like that? Um, well, your neurons last your entire life. But, oh, neurons. But even neurons, their components have to get replaced. Right. Mm. Right? So, you know, you could have, say it's like driving a 1950 Ford. If you, you know, if you've had that thing for 60 years... Eventually, you're going to replace most of the components right. in it, mm-hmm. but not your neurons. Well, the neurons, re- the components replace, but it's the it's the same neurons. Right. Yeah. Oh, so basically, you're saying yes, that is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Good times. Do you feel different, Tom? You are literally a new man. Yeah. And then I a new feel, man. I feel like and a then man. a new. Well, you're constantly. That's true. You're constantly a new. Constantly man. a new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if mileage varies. Like some people, it's seven years. Some people, it's seven and a half years. I'm sure. How does it work? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm like sure these people, people different... who are having their bones reabsorbed and not replaced. In fact, if you yeah. were to use your own feces as manure in your garden, you would be eating yourself when you ate those vegetables. It's not the usual way I eat myself, but okay. <laughs> I don't want to know details. Dead air. Dead air. Don't want to know details. Dead air. Go to slide. <laughs> so so it, 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 somebody has this disease, yeah. but it like usually happens in a very specific area yeah. of the body. Okay, pelvis, shoulder, and skull. So it just be with that part of your body just becomes like fleshy. The whole thing just becomes. You can become rubber arms. You become like Mr. Fantastic. You can be like Kermit the Frog. Shoulder bone, 
bone, your shoulder bone connected to you. Neck bone, your neck bone connected to you. Head bone, now hear the word of the Lord. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Now hear the word of the Lord. Disconnect them bones, them. Dry bones, disconnect them bones, them. Dry bones, disconnect them bones, them. Dry bones, now hear the word of the Lord. Or when your head bone connected from you, neck bone, your neck bone connected from you. Shoulder bone, your shoulder bone connected from you. Back bone, your back bone connected from you. Hip bone, your hip bone connected from you. Thigh bone, your thigh bone connected from you. Knee bone, your knee bone connected from you. Leg bone, your leg bone connected from you. Ankle bone, your ankle bone connected from you. Heel bone, your heel bone connected from you. Foot bone, your foot bone connected from you. Toe bone, now hear the word of the Lord. Dem bones, dem bones, dem. Dry bones, dem bones, dem bones, dem. Dry bones, dem bones, dem bones, dem. Dry bones, now hear the word of the Lord. Yes, In the history, Joseph Merrick, aka the Elephant Man. Yeah, because his body was made out of elephant bones. Crazy elephant bones. Uh huh. Merrick, who was born in Leicester. Leicestershire. Leicester. Leicester. Uh-huh. And Leachy Easter. <laughs> began to develop abnormally during the first few years of his life. Uh-huh. His skin appeared thick and lumpy. He developed enlarged lips. Uh-huh. And a bony... All the better for kissing? Yep. <clears throat> and a bony lump grew on his forehead. Mm-hmm. One of his arms and both of his feet became enlarged, and at some point during his childhood, he fell and damaged his hip, resulting in permanent lameness. Oh. After a stint in a workhouse, he joined a traveling freak show where he made the acquaintance of Dr. Trevs, Trevis, Trevis, at the London Hospital. Uh-huh. After being robbed and abandoned in Belgium. What? Robbed and abandoned well. in Belgium, he returned to London and stayed at the London Hospital until his death. Uh-huh. While there, he became a bit of a celebrity and was visited by the High Society of London, including Alexander, the Princess of Wales. Hmm. That's an awfully high and mighty person to point and laugh at you. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Whale princess is my favorite princess. Uh-huh. What caused his deformities is unknown, though the current theory is that it was a mixture of neurofibromatosis type 1 and Proteus syndrome. Wow. Proteus syndrome causes an overgrowth of skin, bones, muscles, fatty tissues, and blood and lymphatic vessels. I thought it was people who were just in favor of high tea. They're Proteus. Yes. Proteus syndrome is a progression condition wherein children are usually born without any obvious deformities. Tumors of skin and bone growths appear as they age. Mm. The severity and locations of these various asymmetrical growths vary greatly, but typically the skull, one or more limbs, and soles of the feet will be affected. There have been just over 200 cases confirmed with with around 120 people alive at the moment. Oh, at this very so moment, as of I'm saying, all this. 200 cases that have ever been confirmed, 120 mm-hmm. of them are alive right now. It's more than half. So, does that mean we just weren't diagnosing them before, or is this like something that's happening to us uh, in recent years? This- I suspect there's uh, an improvement in, in 
diagnostic technique because uh, you would not want to have appeared deformed in the Middle Ages. Oh, he's got the devil mm-hmm. down the well with you. Yep. As opposed to saying, oh, poor Proteus syndrome. Now down the well with you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Roy Rocky Dennis. Might know him from the movie The Mask, oh, which we'll talk yeah. about a little later. Oh. He's got the green face and can do uh, things with the 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 uh, with his dog and and Eric oh. Roberts. Oh, that's right? that's the different mask movie. The other yeah. mask. Yeah. Oh, the this other guy. Mask. You know, didn't uh, make time with Cameron Diaz. That's the mask, not mask. Right. Oh, I see. Subtle differences. Rocky Dennis was born in Glendora, California in 1961 to Florence Tullis and Roy Dennis. Mm -hmm. At the age of four, Dennis was diagnosed with craniodiaphyseal dysplasia, also known as CDD or lionitis. Lionitis. Okay. Okay. All right. An extremely rare disease occurring in approximately one in every 220 million births with Mm. fewer than 20 recorded cases. Mm. CDD is a bone disorder that causes calcium to build up in the skull, disfiguring the facial features and reducing life expectancy expectancy okay mm. okay doctors informed his mother that the abnormal calcium deposits in his skull would push his eyes toward the edges of his head twist his nose out of shape cause his eyesight and hearing to fail oh. and if the handful of cases on record were any indication result in tremendous pressure that would destroy his brain before he was seven ah. tremendous oh. pressure that would destroy, destroy his, his brain, brain. Oh. that's a hell of a sentence oh. but before he was seven oh. hey kid oh. This is going to be terrible. We're better at talking to patients than we were in 1961. <laughs> I'd just like to add that. Do you just go, uh, I got a Wikipedia page for you to read. Yeah. And just, I'm going to be over here. Let Wikipedia be the asshole. Uh, Not yes. me. I see. Uh, so, Dr. Rob, all right, you've, you've set up the premise. How would you approach this young mother with her new child and tell her what fate will befall her baby? Well, first of all, I would say, you know, we're not entirely sure what fate will befall your baby because uh, there's no way to project because the disease is extremely rare. Um, We're going to do our very best to help him uh, enjoy as much quality of life as possible and as symptom-free as possible. And um, there's there's, there's no way to know what's going to happen, but uh, we're going to be there with you through the journey oh my god is he gonna live but is he gonna live you're saying he's gonna die it sounds like you're gonna say he's, he's dying my baby's gonna die isn't it everybody dies joe ah! everybody <laughs> dies <laughs> and if he gets superpowers let us know mm-hmm. dennis experienced problems with eyesight and hearing along with painful headaches but he was able to do many things he was thought not to be able to accomplish such as learning to read mm-hmm. his poor eyesight which made him legally blind meant that he would never read a book Uh, He entered school at the age of six, despite many of his teachers' disapproval, and although experiencing a slow start, he spent two years in the first grade, he was able to make some progress thereafter, and he didn't die until the age of 16 years of age from his condition. Mm. His body was donated to the UCLA Medical Center. And that's why we don't say his brain will be destroyed by seven. Yeah. Mm, Right. Got it. Now, but in a glass half full kind of way, Mm. you know, then you feel like if you expect him to die at seven and he makes it past seven, every day is a gift. Yeah. And I don't think they'll be thanking that doctor, though. Oh, thank that doctor for me having the surprise gift. Dr. Rob. Oh, it's like the uh, it's the Scotty method where you say you won't be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Say you won't be able to have the warp drive fixed in six hours. But then you fix it in three hours because that was the real time. It's a great sales technique. It's under promise over deliver. Yeah. That's uh, that's good customer relations right there. The problem with Scotty though is he only had one customer <laughs> who kind of saw through the ruse pretty quickly. <laughs> You've got one hour. <laughs> now did anybody see this movie Mask? 
Not, I, not, I saw not way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Way yeah, back. like it, it got played in class. You know, hey, look at somebody the same age as you dying from a horrible disease. You don't yeah. have it so bad, you little brats. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Was, well, it was also that was a subtitle. That of was a, that, mask. That was well. That was the subtext <laughs> right. from our like really kind of burnt out and not that interested in it, teaching teacher. It was like really hammering home. Don't be mean to people who look different mm-hmm. as well. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, a couple of stories. Everybody was super nice to me from that point forward. (laughs) (laughs) Very conciliatory. We used to make fun of Kevin, but now that I've seen Mask, I realize that freaks are people too. Uh Precisely. Uh, Halloween was the biggest day of the year for Rocky Dennis. Under the light of the California moon, he would lead a pack of demons through the neighborhood, Mm. gleefully ringing doorbells and joining the chorus of Trick or Treat. Uh, So, But what he would do is he would say Trick or Treat and then pull his mask off and they would go, ah, he's got another mask underneath and would get lots of extra candy apparently yeah. uh, also one day lounging in her living room a biker friend told rusty that he had been sitting on a park bench high on acid when a bizarre looking kid sat down next to him it had freaked him out so badly that he renounced drugs on the spot <laughs> oh so he's doing good deeds just wow. from wandering around yeah by freaking people out <laughs> he's like jesus and he's yeah. like but he could have invented freak out therapy Right, mm, yeah. just get a whole bunch of people on acid, walk them into a room with him sitting like on a dais or What's something wrong like that, with my face? and then have them all oh, like, yeah. you know, getting scared straight. <laughs> Red letter media moment. Yeah. What's wrong with What's your wrong face? With oh, with the with the with the whole Halloween candy thing. Maybe that's why he died at the age of sixteen. It was from diabetes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. of course. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no sooner had this guy finished the story than Rocky burst into the room, smiling his arms woke, uh, wide open. The biker jumped to his feet and screamed, That's him! That's the kid! I'm now going back to drugs. Yeah, yeah fuck it. If I see him all the time, why not? In the news. <laughs> June 2013. Mm-hmm. Warrensburg, Missouri. About 30 community members gathered in the hot sun mm-hmm. at Warrensburg Cemetery to pay their respects at the burial of two skeletons found on the top floor of Odd Fellows Hall, Warrensburg Lodge Number 488, okay. in the late 1980s. The two sets of human bones, estimated to be about 150 years old, are believed to be a part of the Independent Order of Odd Fellows Initiation Rituals. Okay. <laughs> Possibly illegal initiation rituals. <laughs> okay. Maybe 150 years ago it wasn't? Uh? In the 80s, it was. <laughs> well, they found them in the 80s. Okay. And it took 38 kind of... years to bury them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like the Masons, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, or Ayuf, mm. was a trade organization. It was made up of the Odd Fellows from different trades that didn't have a large enough contingent to have their own organization. Right. Well, so it's the it, butcher, so, you know, the baker, or, the candlestick maker. Or perhaps it was... People would like see these guys parading around with these sets of bones 150 years ago. That's an odd fellow, don't you think? The odd fellow's ceremonial practices used human remains as part of initiation rituals in the past. Mm-hmm. They used skeletons to remind prospective odd fellows of their mortality. Oh, The pledges would be blindfolded and laden with chains before they were led into the dark, uh-huh. only to be left standing face to face with a skeleton flickering in the candlelight. Drama. <laughs> yeah. In 1987, the local chapter. This is like something the Goonies would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In 1987, the local chapter folded, leaving the bones behind. Mm-hmm. With Warren County celebrating its bicentennial this year, it was decided the skeletons would finally get their burial. Got it. Are there no desecration of a corpse laws in Missouri? <laughs> I don't know. 
maybe not. Hey, uh, we got our bicentennial. You want to celebrate by finally burying those two bodies? Uh, those, those, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Listen, Happy birthday, Missouri. <laughs> when they discovered those bodies in the 80s, it was, uh, they were grandfathered in, as in they were somebody's grandfather. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, the old bastard. I mean, uh, I don't know if I've sto- told this story before or not, but I went to a bone cathedral in the Czech Republic when I backpacked across Europe. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. A what? In... Uh, we talked about the, it wasn't the Sedlik Ossuary. We talked about the Sedlik Ossuary, though, in our uh, Body Snatchers episode. There you go. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, listen, people repurpose human remains all the time. And as long as you make a family crest out of bones <laughs> right. or a chandelier that actually features every single bone of the human body, I mean, I'm all for it. All right. Sure. Just Young qu- Kevin backpacking across Europe to find himself. Yeah. There is no enlightenment for you today. Mm. Only death. I only need a femur club. That's all I need. No Happy Days fans? Beatnik episode? (laughs) Not me. No? Little puppy with your nose pressed up against the pet store window. There's no one coming for you today. Only death. I watched Happy Days, but I do not recall. It was so yeah. long ago. Mm-hmm. The Beatnik episode. It, Got it. Yeah. Why Got is it. is Happy Days available to watch? Netflix needs Happy Days, don't they? Are you listening, I, Netflix? I haven't watched Happy Days in... When was the last time I've seen a Happy Days episode? When was the last time it was on TV? When Monday, was the last time Wednesday, I had a TV? Happy Days? I'm sure... Was Thursday, Friday? I'm sure... Happy Days? There is... Mm. Saturday? What a day? <laughs> Grooving all week with you? I'm sure that there is a channel yeah. that has Happy nonstop Days Happy Days on. I'm it. sure. Yeah. Some classic TV channel. October 2008, sort of a formerly news. Uh huh. London, England. The portrait, An Old Woman, painted by the Flemish artist Quentin Massey's in 1513 and popularly known as The Ugly Duchess, <laughs> is one of the most popular paintings in the National Gallery. But one question is always puzzled Did the poor lady really look like this? Uh-huh. And did she grow up to be a swan? There's a picture right there. Huh? Yeah. Well. Um, not an attractive, uh, it looks woman. like the head of a 60 year old dude <laughs> on the body of a buxom lady. It looks like a page of a mad magazine. It, it looks like looks something like. out of a mad yeah. magazine for sure. It's uh, it's, you know what it is? It's an aged Alfred E. Newman. What? Me worry? <laughs> Recent medical research shows that she was suffering from an advanced form of Paget's disease. Mm. Osteitis deformans, mm. which enlarged her jawbones, extended her upper lip, and pushed up her nose. Mm. It also affected her hands, eye sockets, forehead, chin, and collarbones. Okay. This woman must have been very, very unfortunate, said Michael Dahm, Emeritus Professor of Surgery at University College London. I've always been intrigued by this painting. It's fascinating because it's so meticulously and lovingly painted. You think, why would someone go to so much trouble in order to paint such a grotesque image? Right. Nice judgment there, mm. buddy. Like, somebody loves her. Mm, I always suspected there was some... I mean, maybe. Maybe somebody loves her. Listen, there are people in the world who nobody loves. You would know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, too cruel. Too Too cruel. Too true. I don't know. I think Kevin had it coming right there. Paget's disease is named after Sir James Paget, the British surgeon who first described it in the late 19th century and more commonly affects the lower body, such as the pelvis and femur. Okay. When it does affect the skull, it is normally just the cranium, so the woman, whoever she is, was suffering from a particularly rare form. In all probability, the condition would have happened later in life, so she may have even been a beauty before the condition set in. Aside oh. from the effect in her look, she may have suffered no more than headaches and a damaged pituitary gland. So this is just bonal deformity syndrome. Yeah. Thank you, Mitch. 
Paget's disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, may have caused she might have been uh, beautiful in her youth and then now looks like that and they painted her. Seems to afflict uh, Northern European white males who own dogs more. It's huh. thought to possibly have a viral cause, but that's right. never been proven. Oh, huh. oh, so maybe like some kind of like the what's the thing with the cats? Um, toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis gonde. Oh, there you go. Perhaps like that. Yeah. So this is what maybe where that saying like you know owners start to look like the dogs come from. Oh, you did it. They, oh, he did deserve that. He did have that coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. February 2015, England. Newly released footage depicts the moments scientists discovered the fatal wound that almost certainly took the life of King Richard III of England. Uh-huh. The film shows per- forensic pathologist Guy Ruddy handling Guy the Guy Ruddy. Guy Ruddy. Uh, hey, Guy. <laughs> Call me Ruddy. Great name, uh, Mr. Not Ruddy. Really a forensic pathologist name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Handling the skull of the last Plantagenet king, who died at the Battle of Bosworth Field in 1485, Richard III's long-lost grave was rediscovered in a parking lot in Leicester, England in 2012. I think so actually Leicester he was happening. under And the, the FBI lot. can't find Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> yeah, I think he was technically under the parking lot. They were digging it up. It was uh, yeah. like a concrete pad. I'm, I'm sure. I don't think he was like in the back of a car. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did somebody check in the trunk here? Holy shit, it's Richard III! Well, we should have known this car is from like 1502. I don't know why I gave a Bronx <laughs> accent to somebody finding a skeleton in yeah. Leicester, England. What the fuck is this? Because they're the people who put bodies in trunks. Oh yeah, that's right. You're totally right. These... Uh, they call them boots over there. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> what the hell? What's this doing in this boot? <laughs> That's better. Uh Thank you. The skeleton bore the marks of 11 different wounds, including two to the back of the skull that would have been fatal. Mm -hmm. Richard III held the throne for only two years before his death, which occurred as part of the War of the Roses. Despite Shakespeare's portrayal of him as an immoral hunchback villain in Richard III, he was no hunchback. He did have scoliosis, though, Mm -hmm. a condition that twisted his spine and and likely made one shoulder sit higher than the other. Right. So so they would have maybe just called that hunchback. Yeah, he was hunchy-ish. He was hunchy. Hunch-ish, yeah. The discovery of Richard's skeleton revealed a brutal battlefield death. He sustained multiple scalp wounds, which would have bled heavily. Mm-hmm. He was also stabbed in the lower jaw, in the cheek, and in the top of the head. Mm-hmm. There were two wounds on the back of the skull, uh, one 2.4 by 2.2 inches, and the other 1.21 by 0.67 inches. Mm. It is the second smaller wound that Ruddy is seen examining in this new video, which we'll link from causticsodapodcast.com. Using specialized lighting equipment to illuminate tiny marks in the bone, the pathologist sees a small divot inside the skull that lines up with the gaping hole, likely caused by a sword or halberd. He then realizes that the two wounds were likely caused by the same blade, entering through the back of the head, slicing through the brain, and nicking the far side of the skull. Whoa! Whoa! Snap! Careful examination showed that the two injuries lined up with one another, and also with an injury to Richard's first cervical vertebra. The combination of all three injuries provided evidence for the direction of the injury and also the depth to which the weapon had penetrated the skull. Uh-huh. Uh, Richard III's skeleton was reburied in Leicester Cathedral on March 26th, or at least was planned to. They don't really write news articles about, about that, yeah. so I'm assuming it was. At least it was a quick death. Yeah. That uh-huh. would be, uh, yeah. I hope. Or do you think? Well, We've- slicing his brain in half with a single halberd chop? Sure. Yeah. That's uh-huh. going to be pretty quick. But he did have uh, 10 other stab wounds all over his body. So he got stabbed 10 other times before he got hacked in the back of the head. Yeah, think about it. That guy was ha- was hit and cut that many times, and they went, oh, fuck, we got to end this. Yeah, and they finally st- jabbed him through the brain. They stabbed him in the jaw. Yeah. That would suck. Maybe he was lying down on the ground then. Medieval. He's just like lying, bleeding. Mm-hmm. And medieval badassery. Uh-huh. Mm. Fighting sucks. I don't want to get stabbed in my brain. Mm. 
I don't want to get stabbed anywhere. No. I'd prefer not to get stabbed in my brain. Pop culture? I watched a movie. I've seen this movie a couple times. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera from 2001. I hear it's good. It's been on my list for a really long time, and I have yet to see it. Well, it's very independent. Yep. It's uh, very black and white. Very tongue-in-cheek. Which is ironic because they don't have cheeks because it's the skeleton. The skeletons, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is kind of like a spoof of the 1950s era B-movies. Mm-hmm. So and it's really low budget. It's set in 1961. The film begins with scientist Dr. Paul Armstrong and his wife Betty searching for a meteorite that has fallen in the nearby woods, mm-hmm. suspecting it to contain the rare element atmospherium. Okay. Nice. Uh-huh. Come on, Kevin, be mad. Uh, atmospherium not... fell through the sky. Ah, come on. I bet you that uh, uh, Lost Skeletons of Cadaver did not make uh, like $1.3 billion at the box office. <laughs> at least it wasn't unobtainium. It didn't, it didn't cost $200 million to make. Another scientist in the area, Dr. Roger Fleming, is looking for a cadaver cave, a site rumored to contain a lost skeleton. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Then, a spaceship carrying two aliens, Crowbar and Lattice. Crowbar? Crowbar. Become stranded on Earth. (laughs) Become stranded on Earth. They need the element atmospherium to repair their powerless ship. Uh Mm-hmm. Um... And there's also a mutant in there somewhere. For, okay. I, I think the mutant escaped from the ship or something is, like that. So the skeleton is the least interesting part of this story. The skeleton, you know, eventually Fleming finds the lost skeleton. <laughs> um, and the skeleton commands Fleming to bring the atmospherium to return him to life. He's Wait, just what? like lying wow. there. He can, he can, like... You are alive. You're commanding me to do things. <laughs> oh, is this like a lich skeleton? Like, it's... He can't it, move. But it's talking in his brain or something? Yeah. Like, bring yeah. me yeah. the I think I think his mandible is going up oh, and down. Okay. Right. Got it. Uh-huh. Um... And then, the, so the aliens use their transmutatron to disguise themselves as Earth people uh-huh. and clumsily manage to talk their way into the cabin, which is in this area. Now, what do the aliens look like before they get transformed into human people? They're basically human. Basically, okay, human ass. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Dr. They have bumps in their forehead. They use their transmuter, the bumps go away. Is that what happened? And then Dr. Fleming discovers the alien transmutatron and uses it to create an ally for himself, the alluring Animala. Oh, God. Oh. Uh-huh. Who is hubba, hubba. who is created from four different forest creatures? Oh, really? Which forest creatures comprise? <laughs> I, I think it's like a, a squirrel and a cat and some other things. I, just, I don't. I don't remember. All right. I don't okay. remember. The unbridled fury. Funny, funny movie. Okay, yeah. worth watching Great. for sure. I love it. It's. I mean, I. I when I first heard about it back in two thousand and one, yep. I was intrigued. And I def- definitely wanted to see it. Yeah, just just watching the trailer, you get a sense of the tone of the movie, and for sure, and it's good. Mm-hmm. It good lives, times. It lives up to the promise. Double the thumbs up. You Wait, watched it more than once. I watched it more than once. I'm Sorry, impressed. it was set in the '60s. Yes, but filmed in 2001. It's it's a uh, it's a a lampoon mm-hmm. exactly. of the of style 60s of films. films. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it's up on YouTube, and you can rent it for four dollars there. Good times. It's kind of a cool thing that YouTube's doing these days. Bada yep. bing, bada boom. What about Wall-E? There's all those people we were talking about, space people who lose their, you know, bone lose structure. Their, bo- their bone density. They become like, you know, Wall-E. jelly people. I think it's more that they just became obese and, and lazy. Not, and lazy. <laughs> they didn't oh. really talk much about their skeletons. Okay. But, but uh, the effect was the same. Yeah, it really yeah, it really was. They were able to stand at the end, though, if I recall, weren't they? Yeah, Standing they did some and planting running. a flower and yeah. then yeah. in the credit scene, some, yeah. But the bone density thing probably had something to do with it. I but they had that. artificial gravity on the ship. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't think so. They was just lazy. They, they, what happened to them could happen to us. 
just oh, sitting in there. That's why it was so poignant. That's well, why I felt so strongly about okay, it. Okay, this doesn't have anything to do with the Bone episode now, but like we're coming up on self-driving cars, right? Yeah. And pretty soon, we're just going to have self-driving chairs. That's Ooh. what the self-driving cars are going to be. And that's what oh. Wally has, right? Like, think oh about God. it. You're just going to have a thing that's going to take you where you need to go when you need to go there. So you're saying that Wally is Disney planting the seed in our brains so when they corner the floating chair market yes. that we'll all, you know, jump right into bed because we saw it on Wally and it looked awesome. No, yeah. I think and you got to wear knows. a hat that has like radar dishes on them, uh-huh. which look suspicious like Mickey Mouse ears. I see. So you can navigate through their network. There you go. All brilliant marketing. Those very first chairs are going to be used to bring you around Disneyland and Disney World. Mm. Put you in a lineup of chairs floating. Mm -hmm. Jetson's dystopia. Yes. How about uh, Jason and the Argonauts from 1963 with the amazing Ray Harryhausen stop skeleton motion. stop motion? Yeah, that yeah. skeleton fight where they were all just like, all the actors were just, because they didn't have like dudes in green suits with green screen back yeah, they then. Yeah, couldn't, they couldn't remove them. So they just had to choreograph and then animate yeah. after and well, make everything match up. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, wow. I, I think it was like Stop rear motion. projection too. Like, so I think probably the actors were like swinging blades to like empty space. And then yeah. they just like the earliest possible version of comp, of comp shot, you know, in the uh, CGI yep. terminology of, of our day. Yep. But, uh, you know, I remember watching it as a kid and being suitably impressed. It was a great fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've Stan holds up. Yeah. whole thing is up on YouTube, that, that whole fight. Uh, mm -hmm. It's about four and a half minutes long. Uh, kind of surprising when I watched it again, just this clip, how long it takes for the skeletons to get up. It's yeah. like the 1963 version of we'd better show off these special effects. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas today it would just be a scene where it would just happen. Skeletons would pop up and attack. And in this, they they hold and it takes a long time and they stand there for a while while, while we... Right. But while everyone's horrified, while all yeah. the characters are just... What is happening? As well, I mean, oh, the horror, they're, they're failing their horror checks right That's, now. Yes, exactly. So like, all they can do is just stand there and gawk. <laughs> you should be chopping the heads off as they pop up under the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. man, they don't even have their weapons at the ready. Go get them. Yeah, they should be playing skeleton whack-a-mole right now. They haven't played enough D&D. &D. Yeah. And they don't, know to, they don't know to use blunt weapons, not edged weapons nah, oh, against skeletons. This should be the first scene in Jason and the Argonauts 2 return of jason right. where another guy shows up with teeth of the hydra and goes fight my skeletons ha ha and jason goes oh i know this shit and they just run up and start stomping on them as they come up <laughs> they're just hitting them just, with, a, with a sledgehammer they just, kick, they just walk up and kick all their heads through the goalposts. Mm -hmm. boom yeah mm -hmm. uh great scene uh it took ray harryhausen four months to produce that skeleton scene which yep. is a massive amount of time for a scene that lasts about three minutes uh -huh. and if you watch it like the time that the skeletons are on the screen is much, much less than that. Like, Well, it, it, here's the thing, though. Like, I mean, when you talk about this movie, this is the scene that everyone remembers. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's the... And maybe the Colossus scene. Right? Was the Colossus the same one? The Colossus of Rhodes? I uh, cannot remember too many. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Here's the thing. I remember <laughs> the skeletons. Yeah. I don't remember the Colossus. Uh, point proven. There you go. Okay, uh -huh. sure. 2001 A Space Odyssey actually has a fairly iconic bone in it, a femur. I already mentioned it at the top of the mention. episode. That scene is actually the only scene not shot in the studio. Uh, mm -hmm. That was the shot in a shot in the field a few hundred yards from the studio on a small platform. This allowed for the low angle shot with a vast expanse of sky in the background. Mm -hmm. It also required a halt and shooting whenever a plane flew overhead. Of course. Sometime they had to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, they almost ran out of animal skulls as Stanley Kubrick shot take after take of them smashing. Oh, the right. Kubrick did like his retakes. Yeah. yeah. 
The final shot of the sequence was finally achieved when Kubrick walked back to the studio tossing bones in the air and filming their flight with a handheld camera. Yeah. 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 And uh, another thing I found, this was never said in the uh, in the movie script or anything, but that bone, which then became, it looked like it became a space station yep. spinning in space, Kubrick initially meant that to be some kind of nuclear weapon in space. Right. And the plan was for the, so that the, bo- the bone was a weapon, and then the thing in space was uh, also a weapon, weapon. Yeah. and the Star Child was, part of their idea was to come back and set off all these weapons. Right. But they decided not to do that. Star Child's weird enough. Star Child blowing up the Earth with nukes is yeah weirder than we'd all be like. So we shouldn't go to the moon and look at the monolith. No, you should be honest with the Russians. Yeah, 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 exactly. I Uh, like 2001 the way it is, so I'm happy they didn't do that other thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they should have done something different. Interstellar, piece of crap. I still (laughs) needed more bones. Needed more animated. Needed more more bones and uh, more Argonauts. In comics, we've got Wolverine. Snicked. Very much uh, about bones and skeleton. His his entire yeah. skeleton has been coated with adamantium. I remember originally they said replaced, if I recall. Mm-hmm. But then very quickly they were like, that that can't happen. Your bones are alive. You need yep. those to live. Mm-hmm. So now he's wow. just got adamantium like around his bones. If somehow. you coated your bones in metal, how is that going to go over? Well, if you had Dr. a healing Rob. factor. Not well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got it. I don't know for sure. We haven't actually done it, but. The pretest hypothesis right. is not looking good. Yep. Well, things, Wolverine things, is the only one who survives this procedure. Other parts That's of your body would have to interact with your the inside of your bones. Well, you need blood vessels to go in and out of them. Yes, yeah. maybe that's like if you get them right at the joint. Right, you get you put in some slits or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mostly covered in adamantium. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you know, the Wolverine origin story shows that he had bone spurs before they put the like yep. adamantium blades in. Yep. So it really is kind of a bone power anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's actually, uh, it was back in, I think, the early 2000s, maybe a little earlier, where Magneto, even though adamantium's supposed to be invulnerable, mm-hmm. strips all of the metal off of Wolverine's body. Right. He's he's had a few times where he's dealt with Wolverine and just been like, ha-ha, just like in the movie, ha, yeah. you've got metal, I can totally hold you up. But occasionally Wolverine gets a sneak attack in or something. Right. And he said, that's it, enough of this shit. And he just rips all the adamantium out of his body. Now The X-Men think, oh my God, Wolverine's going to die. They bring him to their medical facility, and he ends up surviving, and then they find out that his healing factor goes like into crazy high Over, gear, yeah. because apparently his healing factor is so good that he can basically heal from just about anything almost instantly, yeah. but when he's got the metal on his bones, the adamantium, that's keeping him alive, so his healing factor is not as good. Right. So Wolverine spent, I don't know how long it happened before he got the adamantium back, but yeah. several years of being bone claw Wolverine. Right. And his bone claws would like break off, but he'd just grow new ones. Yeah. He would like heal way, way faster. So he's a little bit different character at that time. Interesting. I'm pretty sure he's got that back now. Yeah. I haven't been reading all that much X-Men. Somebody can tell us on the uh, on the message board at CosticSodaPodcast.com and what iteration Wolverine is at now in the comics. I can tell you that he lost his powers recently. Oh, like all powers. Yeah. No bone claws or nothing. So he's just an asshole. Call it in the killable storyline. Killable. Oh. oh, he's killable. Does that mean he'll be killed? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's up to you, he Warner is, Brothers. That's what Disney's saying. He is kind of course, of by the asshole. time this episode is released, that's all changed back yeah. to something. Well, Hugh well, Jackman has pointed out that he is only doing one more Wolverine movie before oh. he's retiring as Wolverine. 
Well, he says that. And then they'll be like, well, we can pay you some more. I yeah. can see being bored of yeah. playing Wolverine for Floyd Mayweather years. will never, ever box with Manny Pacquiao again. Never, <laughs> ever for $200 million, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Grim Fandango is oh. a video game. Okay. They just released the uh, special edition of it that it's it's updated. Originally came out in 1998 for Windows. Tim Schafer was the game's project leader. He's well known for a lot of the old LucasArts video games and stuff okay. like that. And that's what this is actually, is a LucasArts game. Mm-hmm. It's a point and click adventure game okay. where you play Manny Calavera, who is an underworld travel agent. Okay. After you die, he's the one who helps you get to your final resting place. Oh, okay. So he's kind of like uh, the... Uh, the ferry boat Charon. Charon. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he starts off wearing the, 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 the robe and robe, having yeah. the scythe, but he doesn't really like it. So he switches to his suit. Uh, he looks like a kind of a, a simple 3D skeleton. Right. Kind of more like, uh, like a tiki. One of the Mexican Day of the Dead yep. uh, candy Skeletons. skulls yeah. kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this it's a gorgeous well-written maybe not well-controlled right. uh, adventure game uh if you uh, if it'd be frustrating i would say watch some of the the playthroughs on youtube that kind right. of thing because it's got a great fun story some really clever puzzles really excellent uh i asked a friend of the show darcy mm-hmm. darcy d who is our designated driver for alcohol episode yeah. who i know that this is their favorite game of all time right uh to tell me what it is about it that's great and she says skeletons it's a, well skeletons mm-hmm. it's a beautiful humorous noir story set in an art deco style land of the dead and contains some of the most memorable art direction characters writing original music and puzzles in all of gaming oh okay yeah. and grim fandango is now out on steam i think it's like 17 dollars, so you can buy the uh the refurbished version that will play on modern machines okay or you can just watch it on youtube if that's what you'd like to do Good times. And the controls don't suck. The controls are a little better, apparently. I haven't played the remastered version, but right. they did know that the controls were terrible in the 1998 game. Yeah. So now I'm assuming the Grim Fandango is a take is a, a, a takeoff on Grim Reaper, but why Fandango? Because it's uh, noirish. Mm. Uh, the Fandango is a lively Spanish dance for two people, typically accompanied by castanets or tambourine. Okay. Or a foolish or useless act or thing. So he could be a foolish so or useless the Grim Reaper. foolish, useless dance of death. It, mm-hmm. it kind of is that. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that will be bad. When the week is new And we'll have more gross facts for you And you'll have things you'll want to hear about We will too Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being torn apart by rabid squirrels. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening.
Just power off. Airplane. Power. Bones. You got them. Dim bones, bones, dim bones, dim bones, dim bones, dim bones. We are recording on both tracks. Osteoblasts are the reason that bones get weak in space. Oh. They stop working. Mm. What? We need better ones. We need better mm. blasts. That's... Osteoclasts keep eating the bones, but osteoblasts stop building bones. Cool. Why can't the class and the blasts just get along? Well, they do get along, Normal. but they need gravity to get along. <sighs> gravity. Psst. Remember, fundamentally, a skeleton you... is an anti-gravity device. Oh, so really? when there's no gravity... So why can't I fly? Yeah, if there's no gravity, we don't... It... That's what we do with the people that have no bones, the the, the Gormans. Mm-hmm. Well, we launch them into space. Send them up into space. They don't need those skeletons. That is a really good point. Those are our first colonists. Yeah, <laughs> Microgravity. Ah. Gorman colony. Uh-huh. The 2117.